2022 is nearing a historically bad first three quarters for investors invested in both stocks and bonds globally in many ways. The main culprit is our Federal Reserve vowing to bust inflation now by implementing the most aggressive monetary tightening policy the world has seen since 1994. With most stock indexes down minus 20% or more and many bond investors sporting similar size losses, the lingering questions many investors are asking is, are we there yet? Are the lows in for the year? It's the question asked on a daily basis with most on TV now citing on the side of no. We, like others, don't know for sure. The key signs we're looking at remain a peak in real interest rates and a peak in the US dollar. However, frequent watchers know that we like to look at previous time periods for clues to the future as much of what happens in the financial markets is based on behavioral finance. Much of what happens does repeat and rhyme time and time again. We've discussed 2022 being a midterm election year. We've compared it to a number of other midterm cycles when interest rates were increasing, the Fed was tightening monetary policies, there was geopolitical volatility around the world, and we had had a bear market decline. I'm Chris Paris with Oak Harvest Financial Group in Houston, Texas, and welcome to our weekly Stock Talk podcast, keeping you connected to your money. Before we get into this week's topic, 2022, is it a 1974 replay a long, long time ago? Please take a moment to click on the subscribe button and click on the notification bell so you'll be alerted when our team uploads our latest content. 2022 has gone well beyond our correction call we set out in the fourth quarter of 2021. We now sit in the first legitimate bear market investors have experienced in both percentage decline terms and in time in years. It has been not fun for anyone unless you're a hedge fund using managed future strategy that almost exclusively uses trend-following approach. And just to put that one in perspective, those strategies were horrific and underperformed the market almost universally for 10 to 12 years. Not 10 to 12 months, 10 to 12 years. Between the current inflation readings, what's going on in the energy markets and geopolitics, we've had a number of questions asking if we're repeating the 1970s period, a period marked by high volatility in markets and in the economy. I can't tell you we are or we aren't, but I can tell you that we currently are mirroring the timing, progression, and pattern for the cyclical decline in stocks that took place during the midterm election year in 1974, and that led to a very good 15 to 18 month recovery and run in stocks. Here's a flashback to that year. Yes, check out the shirt. Richard Nixon was president. He was impeached and resigned during the summer and Gerald Ford took over. Sounds a little bit like the political events in the UK right now. There was a massive oil shock in 1973 and 1974 caused by our own oil embargo policy against the Middle Eastern oil producers. The price of oil went up fourfold in 12 months as America was far more dependent on oil imports back then. That sounds a lot like Europe right now. The dollar was depreciating on the back of the end of the Brenton Woods monetary system that linked the value of the dollar to the price of gold. This increased the price of all imported goods to the US causing another factor of inflation pushing it higher, much like what's going on in Europe once again. Unlike 2022, in 1974, the FOMC focused on government budget deficits, oil price shocks, and excessive price and wage increases by firms and labor unions, not monetary policy. The Fed raised rates but kept interest rates relatively low even in the face of rising inflation. Over the next 10 years, core PCE inflation remained above 5%. 
It was nearly 10% twice during that period, from late 1974 to early 1975, and again from late 1980 to early 1981. This period of high inflation caused big swings in the real economy, and the U.S. experienced three recessions from the mid-1970s to the early 1980s. We don't want that outcome now. Hence, the Fed trying to move rates up fast now, given that they started moving late last year. Which takes us back to the question, are we there yet? I don't know. Have interest rates peaked? Has inflation peaked? The real-time data says yes on much of the inflation data. The Fed's data says no. Some interesting data from strategic research shows that rises and declines in inflation are historically very symmetrical in both price and time. Going back to 1974, GDP contracted by minus 2.3%. Year to date, we've had two negative GDP quarters in the first half of 2022. Check that box out. In 1974, the CPI rose 5.75 points to 12.2% over five quarters. It peaked in November of 1974 and fell over six percentage points over the next five quarters almost identically symmetrical in time and price. What did the S&P do then? When did it trough and pivot up in 1974? Well, it was early October, about two months before inflation peaked and months before the economic data started to improve. The market started accelerating higher on the marginal moves by the Federal Reserve and real-time interest rates peaking. It didn't wait for a pivot. No pivot was needed back then. Take a look at the overlay of the chart of the S&P 500 and interest rates in 1974 provided by Alpine Macro. As you can see, the correlation between interest rates, in this case, shorter term rates that are closer to what the Federal Reserve controls and stocks is very tight, just as it's been year to date. We pointed out the need for two real-time securities to peak as the key for a sustained pivot higher in stocks on the year. One, we need real interest rates to begin peaking. They mainly control the market's PE, valuation, and equity risk premiums. And secondly, the markets wants to see the US dollar strength waning as the dollar still is the safe haven currency for the world. In 1974, as in most cycles, did you have to wait for companies to tell you that business was getting better, that business was improving? No, by then, the markets had already rallied materially. Stocks bottomed in the fourth quarter of 1974 when the earnings peaked and began to decline. Large cap stocks were up over 35% in 1975, even though the earnings recession they felt went from the second half of 1974 through the first half of 1975. Why? During periods of high inflations, earnings can be a very lagging indicator. Why? Because earnings are measured in nominal dollars, which is a combination of units and pricing, while economic recessions are measured by the economists in real unit output, xing out pricing effects. Xing out inflation. Besides the current economic, geopolitical, and Federal Reserve positioning, another comparison of 2022 and 1974 is volatility. According to LPL research, year to date, the percentage of days that the S&P 500 has seen a positive daily return is under 50%. It sits at 43.5%. This is the lowest level since 1974. Unfortunately, years with such low percentage of days up normally do end with negative returns, with only 1982, another midterm election year, ending with a positive total return. The good news from this data is that the year following, one from which so few days tend to be up, 
C, well above average returns, with an average and median return of 12 and 17% respectively. The two midterm election years, 1974 and 1982, saw the next two years returning 31.5% in 1975 and over 17% in 1983. If the ongoing market volatility is making you feel uneasy, you're not the only one. According to Nick Colas of Data Tech Research, it's been a near historic year for concentrated downside market moves in or around inflation data releases and Federal Reserve meetings. How concentrated? According to his research, as of October 10th, the S&P 500 was down a little over 23.5% year-to-date. Guess what? Only nine trading days accounted for the entire market's decline year-to-date. Those dates were all clustered around the Federal Reserve speaking or CPI announcements. X those nine days, the S&P 500 would be up plus 9%. Yes, you heard that right. That's how macro the market swoon and downturn have been all year, year to date. Nine days, all clustered around the Federal Reserve and CPI releases, accounting for the bear market move down. Listeners, only computers can trade that fast and are that concentrated. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt longer term investors or the count doesn't count on the scorecard. However, we've seen the same program trading algorithms can flip and trade the market up just as fast whenever the data series or Fed speech they're keyed on flips in the other direction. If you're feeling uneasy because of the market's volatility for the year, give us a call and schedule a meeting with Oak Harvest Advisor. We'll sit down with you and help you and your family do the math and figure out you'll be able to meet your retirement goals and needs. Our team does have insurance-based tools that don't have the volatility of the public equity markets or bond markets. However, we remind you that these investments may also lower your longer-term expected returns. At Oak Harvest, we think our clients are best served by us helping them plan for their future needs instead of focusing on the past. The future in stock markets are always uncertain. That is why our retirement planning teams plan for your retirement needs first, in your greed second. Give us a call to speak to an advisor and let us help you craft a financial plan that helps you meet your retirement goals. Call us here at 877-896-0040 and schedule an advisor consultation. The initial one is free. We're here to help you on your financial journey into and through your retirement years. I'm Chris Paris and from the whole team here at Oak Harvest, have a blessed weekend. All content contained within Oak Harvest podcast expresses the views of the speaker and is for informational purposes only. It is based on information believed to be reliable when created, but any cited data, indicators, statistics, or other sources are not guaranteed. The views and opinions expressed herein may change without notice. Strategies and ideas discussed may not be right for you, and nothing in this podcast should be considered as personalized investment, tax or legal advice, or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Indexes such as the S&P 500 are not available for direct investment, and your investment results may differ when compared to an index. Specific portfolio actions or strategies discussed will not apply to all client portfolios. Investing involves the risk of loss, and past performance is not indicative of future results.